Hi, welcome to episode 23 of Axe Podcast. This is the second part of the two-part episode on psychological warfare. So again, in our first part of psychological warfare, I talked about how I had my own experiences with it and didn't quite know that there was an actual name to it. And I'm so happy that on the first episode, we had a licensed psychotherapist join us. And she is joining us again today. Her name is Yemisi Abiona. She is a licensed psychotherapist who has over 18 years of experience in mental health counseling. Um, She has her own private practice in Clark, New Jersey, where she treats ages three and up. So she's also joining us today, actually, to talk about really and answer some questions that, you know, some viewers had on how do we, in essence, how do we deal with it? You know, how do we identify it? How do we overcome its effects or impact? And for her to give us some advice on how to sort of protect our mental and emotional health without sort of damaging ourselves in return, without closing ourselves off to the world. So sort of to reiterate our purpose, um, Yamisi is going to help us define, again, what is psychological um, psychological warfare from an expert's um, point of view. So I'm going to turn it over to Yamisi Abiano. Hi, thank you for having me. Welcome back. So we're going to start the second part by um, actually reminding of reminding us of what psychological warfare is, and it's basically just methods that others, you know, that perpetrators use to mislead, to intimidate, to demoralize, and and otherwise just to influence the thinking, your thinking, or the behavior of the person that they consider to be an opponent. And in essence, the idea is to really overpower you or to kind of demoralize you or to basically um to have you in a position where you're really having to self-doubt and just really not trust yourself projection also it's another way that this presents itself typically what this individual that the the perpetrator the perpetrator is dealing with Oh, the challenges that they have, they, they kind of project it on you. And that's, in other words, if they feel that there's an issue or there's something that they're not able to do, instead of acknowledging that this is a challenge that I have to work on, they'll project it on you. In other words, they'll tell you that you're not doing it, whereas they're not able to do it. It doesn't necessarily mean that you can't do it. And mm-hmm. sometimes you find that you're being lied on. Mm-hmm. You know, like they tell story, they tell others, or they lie or you about something that's not true. Mm-hmm. Spreading false rumors is also something that does that. That's another way that this presents, either in the public, in the workplace, or in relationships where everyone, the everyone around you is being told about something that didn't occur. So, in other words, your image is being tarnished, mm-hmm. and you're really not. Um, sometimes, without your knowledge, you find out later, or just. By the time you find out what's going on, the damage has been done. So mm. these are some of the presentations of, of psychological warfare, and this is how you could begin to kind of figure out that this might be what's going on. So that's those are some really good um, <clears throat> examples and presentations that you gave, and I think there's a quote that actually says, like, you know, one of the one of the things that people who I don't want to say are against you or jealous or envious of you is like they try to change people's perception or, or, or view, like how they view that person. So like, let's Mm -hmm. say if you're likable in the office or something like that, or likable amongst like a group of people, 
and that mm-hmm. one person has an issue with you and it's really not an issue with you. It's an issue they have with yourselves. Their first bet to be is to try to tarnish your image to make everyone right. else see the negative side of you, right? Maybe people are mm-hmm. praising you. Oh, she's great. He's so good at this project, you know, and they may slide in the comments that, well, he's, you know, he's really not that good or she's, she's mm-hmm. really not that great, right? To mm-hmm. sort of kind of undermine you, to have people look at yes. you in a more negative light. So I think that mm-hmm. example um, that you gave is actually sort of spot on that. Yeah, I think uh, people have experienced it. And again, they just never knew that this was an actual tactic or it had a name. Uh-huh. So what, what, like, how do we overcome the impact that it may have? Like, what are certain things that, you know, we may not be able to put a finger on it, but how are we uh-huh. left feeling? Like, let's say if somebody was to try to undermine you at the office place or say like a slight comment, what impact can that really have that sometimes either we don't pay attention to that may affect us negatively or, um, maybe we just didn't know how to kind of dissect it and kind of like explain it to ourselves on how we're really feeling. So what are the impacts that psychological warfare has on an individual? I think this is a huge part and this is where the, the damage comes in. And then that in order for you to identify that this is going on too, you have to kind of look at it from the perspective of what you're feeling or how this this is presented to you emotionally like for example you find that you're emotionally drained from this experience you find that you begin to doubt yourself you're second guessing yourself whereas prior to this you're pretty self-confident you know like you're self-assured you you know what you're doing you feel like you know you're competent after this experience there's a tendency to kind of not trust your own opinion or to trust your own judgment and then you know before you know you're making mistakes because you're doubting yourself something that takes you two minutes to do now all of a sudden takes 10 because now you're feeling like maybe you're truly not competent based on the experience you just had and sometimes you just sometimes you just really believe what this person is saying is true and so in that case it's like I think, you know, this is actually the point that I really wanted to make, which is like sometimes you think you're the one that's wrong. Now, this is important for me because I think that's one of the main objectives of this, of psychological warfare. The idea is to make you believe that something is wrong with you. So that if you find yourself sometimes asking, you know, this person has said this, or this experience has impacted me in this way. However, I'm not really able to pinpoint what I'm doing wrong. How, you, you know that in your mind, it's like, this doesn't feel right. Maybe I did do something, but I don't know what I did. That's sometimes I feel like it's another way that you kind of want to begin to wonder if this is psychological warfare because idea is, uh, I feel like I've done something wrong, but I don't, I don't know what I've done wrong. Most of the time when we've done something wrong, you eventually are able to figure out that this is what I did. In this case, because you really haven't done anything wrong, it's hard to put your finger on what you did wrong. So that's a good, that's another way that it's, you're impacted because you're self-doubting yourself when you haven't done anything wrong. And then you begin to feel powerless. You know, like versus prior to the experience, you're feeling like, okay, you know, I can conquer the world. I know what I'm doing. I can, now you're feeling like, wow, I really have no power. This person really, what they've done is they've taken your power away from you. 
based on what they're doing or based on what has been said to you so that you're not finding that you sometimes it's it's unfortunate that you find yourself actually deferring to the person that is actually doing this to you because they've kind of like manipulated your mind to believe that you're not capable so from that perspective you you kind of feel powerless also so you have to be careful too because when they begin to spread rumors spread rumors about you at the worst part of it, it can either lead to the motion of your, like you could get demoted from work or your image is tarnished at work. So that if you're set up for a promotion, everyone is believing what this person has said about you, hence you don't get it, or that people have the wrong impression of you, whereas it's not, it's not true. You also, this, this I think it's important. When this experience has really impacted you to the point where you're questioning your core beliefs, and what do I mean by that? You are someone who strongly believe in doing the right thing. You believe in just, you know, like not cheating. After this experience, it's like, you know what, this is what this person is saying, that, you know, it's okay to actually cheat. And you're actually questioning that, that maybe this person is right. If this person is able to have this effect on me, maybe it is true. Maybe, maybe it is okay to cheat. Maybe it is okay not to be honest. That is dangerous because you're now losing yourself. The essence of who you are is now being lost. You've lost your power to this person. You find yourself also. You find yourself replaying the incident over and over in your head, particularly the demoralizing piece of it, where it's like you keep hearing that voice over and over again. That's a strong impact because if you're not careful, you internalize it and then you begin to act on it. So these are some of the impacts that this, this psychological warfare could have on you. So it's important to recognize the signs, this telltale signs, and begin to question it, and then in the, and I don't know if you want to say something, then we'll talk about how to, like, how to resolve this or how to, the solutions to the problem. And then one thing is that I, I think even when we were talking about this, just like even mm-hmm. off the record and not recording and just having our own conversation about this, mm-hmm. um, we, we brought up the topic of bullying, that this is like bullying. And, and I said yep. that, you know, when we think of bullying, we always think of like school grade bullying, elementary school yes. bullying, bullying. But the bullying is bullying. Like it happens across all ages, in all sectors, uh-huh. across genders. So, um, I, you know, you said that this is a form of bullying, and I and I definitely believe you. You know, when you said that, because these are the characteristics, right? When people bully, right. it's to make someone powerless, is to create fear, right? Uh-huh. Is to create some form of insecurity, or you know, right. you know, it's it's really to strip that power or maybe what you had said, the essence away from an individual. So, and again, that right. can happen at all ages, like you said. It's, that's that's absolutely true because bullying, again, if you're not careful, you know, you find that there's research that's indicated that people who were bullied as a child, it affected them up until adulthood and sometimes it leads to mental illness. So that's how serious bullying is. I think likewise, this is, this is the same thing. It's like if you're not careful to really stop and process what's going, what you've experienced, you can find that this could lead to all sorts of negative experiences such as mental illness, such as just not being productive at work and to the point where at, at the extreme of it, it becomes debilitating where you're not able to even function. So you're absolutely right. It, it is very, very similar to bullying. Okay. So now going through life, just, just as individuals and we're, you know, we're meeting different people, we're meeting different people along the way and meeting good people, meeting some bad people. 
um, you know, and having our various experiences with the relationships that we have, how do we, if we have experienced psychological warfare or have experienced just negative projections of someone else um, Mm -hmm. and the impact and the effects that that has, how do we go through life still being carefree, still being open, however, but still protecting one's emotional and mental state? Like, what are some of the healthy ways to do it? Um, and how should we avoid some of the damaging ways of protecting ourselves that oftentimes we make the mistake of doing? Okay. I think, you know, the first thing for me is to really stop and process what you've experienced. And usually you will feel a need. You would know that there's something amiss here. You will have a negative feeling that, you know, like we almost prompt you to know that something has gone wrong. The first, the very first thing that I, that I think one should do is to really process your experience by assessing for any of the things that, any of the signs that we talked about. Am I really, you know, like, am I being criticized? Am I being shamed? You know, like what, what just happened to me? Once you do that, you want to go into how am I feeling right now? Am I angry? Am I sad? Am I feeling inferior? Am I feeling incompetent? If you find that you are having all these negative experiences, the next thing that you want to do is to consult with a trusted friend, a partner, or even uh, a professional to further process this experience to make sure that you go you go through with a fine comb to recognize what the agenda of the perpetrator is and to help let this person help you to understand what the intentions are and how to not let this affect you because this is really not true or to let you see that this is not being done this is being done intentionally to hurt you and that you have no reason to believe it now, if this continues, if that doesn't really solve the problem, if you continues to still feel badly and you find yourself doubting yourself or just still not feeling competent, then you want to seek a professional such as a therapist. The job of the therapist is to help you to further really process this. And some of the things that maybe the average person is not able to pinpoint or to bring out to, to point out to you. A, a, a trained professional is able to do that. They're able to see through all of the things that you've gone through and they're able to identify it and to help you process it even further. Now, let's say that you've done that. And typically when you do that, you kind of like regain your strength and then you're usually better and you're able to move on. But sometimes if this is something that happens in the workplace, you find that this person is still there and you're still having to have this experience What you want to do at this point is to tactfully confront the person. And what do I mean by tactfully confront the person? You're not going in there shouting, yelling, screaming, oh, you know, I see what you're doing. No, you want to step back, process what just happened, pinpoint what is not true, and privately speak to the person about it. Again, we just kind of like liken this to bullying. What you find with bullies is that once that you confront them, they back off because typically a bully is just someone such a coward that's just really trying to hide to hide their cowardness same thing here 
a lot of times, if you're able to confront the person and say, look, this is what you said, this is what the truth is, I would appreciate if you stop it, because if you don't, then I'll have to, you know, like, take further action. That usually stops them dead in their tracks, one, because now you've caught on to what they're doing, and two, a lot of times you don't want to lose your job, but you don't want the negative consequences that comes with, you know, your actions. You tend to back off. Um, I don't know if this is relevant. But something just, and it's interesting because it's a TV show, but it's so real. And I'm bringing this up only because I don't want it. To, I don't want us to think this is just something that, that that happens in the workplace. I think yesterday or Sunday, the Housewives of um, Atlanta. I don't know if you yes. watched that show. Do yes, you? yes, yes. Okay, so <laughs> one of the the lawyers on the show accused another. Um, I guess they're actresses, in my opinion. You mean Phaedra? Accused, yeah, Phaedra yes. accused <laughs> Candy, Candy mm-hmm. of like plotting to rape Portia. Yes. That if that's not psychological warfare, then I don't know what it is. Mm. Mm. Because the idea is to destroy Candy because you are no longer friends with her. You can't stand her. If you look at that example, one, you tarnished her image. Yes. Two, she lost a friend. Mm-hmm. Three, on national television, she's been accused of plotting to rape someone. Yeah. So you're really demoralizing, belittling, you're tarnishing her image. And, uh, um, I mean, fortunately for Candy... It, it turned out that, you know, like she was vindicated. Right. So in this case, this had a happy ending because somehow she was able, this came out, the truth came out, and now everyone knew that it was a lie. But my question so, is, well, sorry, uh-huh. sorry, but my quick question. No, 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 that's fine. But what about um, Phaedra and Portia's relationship? Because if you think about it, uh-huh. does it is, is manipulation also involved in the psychological warfare? Absolutely. Everybody was questioning, like, wait, so was Phaedra really her friend? Was she a, was she used as an end to a mean? Um, was that, a you know, like, is, was that also considered psychological warfare, the friendship that Phaedra had with um, Portia? I, I couldn't, I, I believe that that's what it was. And, you know, like Portia said, I feel like I was used as a pawn. So it wasn't really, they weren't, in, even it, to her, she had a friend. Right. But she had an agenda. Mm-hmm. And the agenda is by any means necessary, I would get to Candy. Mm. And also, she was manipulating this poor, innocent person that really trusted her and really believed in her friendship and was loyal to her. Mm-hmm. So her loyalty was taken, you know, like, I actually was used to really hurt her in the end. Right. So it is another form of um, psychological warfare because now she's now having all this. Remember what I said about really processing and figuring out what you felt, emotion, the emotional challenges that came out of this. Yeah. For Portia, clearly she was distraught. Yeah. Clearly she was sad. Yeah. Clearly, I mean, it was like, it's like she almost, on. she had like an aha moment, like, oh my God, wait. And it's, right. it's, it's, it's debilitating right. almost. Right. If, if you, you know, like to her, it's like, what? Yeah. So you've had how many months or how many years of thinking like I have a friend, mm-hmm. whereas it wasn't a friendship. Mm. So you're now emotionally having to process what happened and to and so someone like Portia, she'll begin to second guess herself. 
Mm. What the what's the, you know like you know my sense of judgment is not that good. Right, right. Maybe I'm just not that smart. Right, because everybody Shut was the, making fun yes. of her. Like, oh, she's not that smart. She's not that bright. So I wonder if if Phaedra's actions is is also led to kind of reinforce that in a sense. Um, Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. So, I mean, like, I brought it up because it was such a classic example of how it works. Mm -hmm. And to figure, like, all this month, Candy is having to deal with all these accusations. And even though she's saying, I didn't do it, it's not true. But it's like, unless something like this happens, there, there are people out there that will have believed that she really was trying to do this. So your image is tarnished. You know, like, and even though it ended up that she was fired from the show, but the mm-hmm. damage has been done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I feel like this is something that that cuts across all relationships. It's not just at work. Yeah. It's highly common at work. Yeah. But it's not limited to work. Wow. So I think we need to be cognizant of this. I'm really hoping that people people really pay attention to the signs mm. and don't say, oh, maybe it's just me. Right. Or oh, maybe yeah. it's true. Maybe I need to look at myself. Mm-hmm. We all have intuitions. Trust your instincts. Yeah. If your instincts is telling you that's what it is, that's what it is. Mm. And do something about it. But one thing you have to remember, if you don't do something about it, they're going to keep doing this just like a bully. Until you confront that bully, until you deal with it, it's not going away. It gets worse. Or if you are or if you identify and then cut off the relationship, does that work by like completely cutting yourself off from that person? In the situation where there's just friendship, mm-hmm. you're probably better off doing that. It mm-hmm. just kind of saves you a lot of headache, and it just makes life a lot easier. If this is a, if this is a workplace, it's not that easy to detach. Right, right. That's true. So it really depends on the type of relationship. And the setting. Yeah, that's true. Right. That's and true. even if it's like a marriage, like, that's complicated. Yeah, that's yeah, You know, that's but true. you too. <laughs> you're like, okay, I'm getting a divorce because you're doing, you know, like, you know, like, recognize that this is psychological warfare and I'm not taking it. Like, marriage is a whole totally different animal. So it's like, you don't just walk away. Right, you're having right. to make sure that yeah, you do your best to kind of like retain it. And if it's absolutely really unsalvageable, then you kind of like let it go. Mm-hmm. But something as simple as a friendship, like with Portia and Phaedra, if Phaedra, if Portia and Phaedra become friends again, I then Portia needs to get help. <laughs> she said she needs to get help. <laughs> you know, if Candy and Phaedra become friends again, there's a problem. Wow. Okay. And at this point, now we now we Phaedra, but we can't. Mm, 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 mm. So it, it, it's really sometimes once you really, I'm hoping that people really take this podcast and really digest and really dissect this because it's mm. important. Thank you. I feel like you've kind of through part one and part two made things much clearer about what psychological, you know, warfare really is. Um, how do we identify it? How do we, um, really kind of pinpoint what it really is? Um, and really giving us sort of tips and tools on how to overcome it, the effects, the impact that it may have. And again, how to kind of protect oneself emotionally and mentally. So if there are three things that someone can take away, um, I would really say from part one and part two, like, Three quick facts or quick like takeaways. What do you think they should be from an export, expert um, viewpoint? I guess the first thing for me is if it doesn't feel right, then that's what it is. Okay. It isn't right. If you do, if you're able to identify that this is what I'm going through, don't. there's a tendency to downplay 
what you're feeling too. Only because the person most of the time is superior to you. Yeah. So it's just I rather just assume, oh, it's not a big deal. I can deal with it. Or you know, it's just only you know that only happens once in a while. That's your clue that this is unhealthy and it needs to be stopped. Because if you don't, it doesn't get better. It gets worse when it's not addressed. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing. It's like don't overlook it. Don't sleep it under the rug. Identify for what it is. Deal with it. Because okay. if you don't, it's going to fester. It's going to get worse, and you're going to. It could really, really have a devastating effect. That's. I guess that's the third one, and most importantly, if you find that you have experienced this and you really, really have not had, you really don't have anyone to speak to about it. Do your best to seek professional help, because if you don't. Before you know it, you're, it's really going to hinder your progress in so many ways. So you want to process this. You want to deal with it. You want to make sure that you understand what emotions they have evoked in you and to really help yourself to not let it have those negative effects to the point where you're not, your progress has been hindered. So my advice, the third advice is get help. Okay. If it's if you find yourself thinking about it over and over again, and you find that you're really feeling badly about it, it's time to seek the help of a therapist. If you don't have someone in your life just to speak to about it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for those three takeaways. And if you are in need of a therapist, again, um, Yemisi Abiana is a licensed psychotherapist. Um, she has her own practice in Clark, New Jersey. She has over 18 years of experience in mental health counseling. Um, and this is just like a brief bio of her. I mean, her bio is extremely extensive in terms of all the work that she has done. So she is truly an expert in the field. She treats ages three years of age and up. You can also contact her if you have questions, if you want to, you know, set up a meeting to meet with her. If you just have questions about certain issues that you're dealing with, again, she is the CEO of Innovative um, Innovative consulting, right? I, I want to make, make sure I say that right. You know, CEO of innovative, innovative supportive, supportive yes, services. innovative supportive services. Okay. And her email address is issconsulting13 at gmail.com. I'm going to say it again. It's issconsulting13 at gmail.com. So please feel free to contact her if you have any questions or would like to, you know, meet her and set up a meeting with her again. She has her own private practice in Clark, New Jersey. Thank you for tuning into XY Podcast. You can download this episode on iTunes, SoundCloud, and on my website, etuneodobesson.com. Um, stay tuned for our next upcoming um, episodes, and I hope you enjoyed our two-part series on psychological warfare. Thanks for joining us.